Today we are diving into the world of bonds with focus on SGD bonds. Hi, I'm Fungi from Bond Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about newborn issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market. Today, we are very happy to have with us Willie King from DividendTitan.com who will help us analyse the SGD bond space. So hello Willie, very happy to have you back with us today. So could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. Hello, my name is Willie and I'm the writer of a financial blog called DividendTitan.com. I've been writing for more than three years, sharing ideas across the dividend investing space. So I look primarily in Singapore, Hong Kong and also in the US as well. I see. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. So um, to kick things off, let's start off with a very, very basic question. Can you give us an introduction to our key topic today, which is SGD bonds? Yeah, sure. I mean, for myself, I've, you know, I came from credit analysts. As a credit analyst, I've been looking at the bond market. So mm. not just the dollar bond market, and the, but also the Singapore dollar bond market. Mm. And Singapore dollar bond market for me has always has a place in my heart because mm. this is something which I look at quite often. So Singapore dollar bond market is a very unique market because on one hand, right, it is considered a local currency market. Mm. But the thing is, right, with all the the, the the whole idea of interest rates going up, you have the US dollar strong being becoming stronger. A lot of this local currency bond market has always been very volatile because when you're always buying into this local bond, uh, they, they tend to have the risk of the currency movement. Mm. But surprisingly for Singapore dollar bonds, because the exposure is in the Singapore dollar and Singapore dollar has always been pretty strong against the US dollar, against mm. most of the Asian currencies, which makes the our local bond market a very unique position mm. because it sort of attracts uh, investors, not just in Singapore, but also across the world because of our stronger currency. Mm. Having said that, it's also a relatively young market because mm. if you compare to other local currency bond market, it has a smaller issue size outstanding. So for Sing dollar bond market, last year, there's a total of about $22 billion of mm. issuance. Mm. Year to date, there's roughly about at least half a trillion dollars of bonds of Singapore dollars, Singapore dollar bond outstanding. So compared to say the Chinese local bond market, the Japanese bond market, and even the Korean bond market, Singapore sort of pales in comparison into that size. But having said that, it, it does offer a lot of diversity. And what's also more interesting is that, you know, in talk, talking about the yield, talking about the income, mm. talking about the quality of this market, you know, it is there because it is well-backed by a lot of very high-quality companies. I see. Okay, I think you mentioned briefly just now, but also just to dig a bit more into this introduction. So, um, how big is the bond market and what can actually investors expect from it? Mm, that's a good point. So from, from a start, there's roughly about $500 billion of bond issuances so far in the Singapore dollar bond market. Mm. And just to give a very simple breakdown, it consists mainly of your government bonds, mm. um, your stat bonds or your government agency bonds. So you're talking about like your HDB bonds, for example, mm. you have your JTC bonds and even universities which issue bonds. It's also counted in the whole Singapore dollar bond market. Okay. Um, then the next one, the, the next biggest, biggest pie is the financial institutions. So right. financial institutions take up another portion of the Singapore dollar bond market. And then you have, of course, your properties, you have your REITs, which generally make up this Singapore dollar bond market here. And yep. this is basically the, the core section of 
the main sectors which you typically find mm. in our local bond market. Right. What you have mentioned is also very similar to like what I prepared as I was reading up for this podcast. So um, the largest contributor to the total SGD issuance volume was actually the financial institution sector. And I'm um, just wondering if you could shed light on the breakdown of these contributors to issuance volume and also what are the likely possible causes for it. Mm. So financial institutions take up roughly about a third to 40% of the entire pie of the Singapore dollar bond market today. Oh, that's close to half. Yeah, and the reason why is because for bonds, right, for bond markets, investors are typically more interested in investing in companies where they have physical or financial assets. That means it must be backed by some form of tangible assets which you can see. So it's very different when we are looking at stocks, for example, because Mm. the focus for stocks is looking a lot on the potential of the cash flow Mm. which these businesses bring about. Mm. But for bond investors or income investors, typically we want to be looking at the assets, the physical assets or the financial assets. And that's why financial institutions tend to be a large a much larger proportion of the pie in the Singapore dollar bond market. Because as Asian investors or as local investors, we sort of sought comfort mm. in financial institutions because they do have high quality financial assets. For example, your mortgages, your loans, your investments as well. And banks typically, they invest also in um, government bonds, government securities. Mm. And these are considered high quality investment assets, which when you actually invest in these banks, there is actually a comfort there. So typically because of that, a lot of investors, they like to be looking into some of these financial institutions, Mm. which means that uh, these financial institutions would want to issue bonds to these investors. Hence Mm. the size of the financial institutions in the Singapore bond market. I see. Thank you for helping us make sense. Um, I'm wondering what makes the SGD bonds unique in this bond market landscape? Yeah, um, that is something which is very, very interesting for me. Mm. I have been a credit analyst, you know, for over six years and yeah. that was my professional analyst career. And that's something which I tend to always compare, right, uh, between the US the US bond market, which is the largest in the world, Mm. and of course, our Singapore dollar bond market. And what is unique, right, is even though it is much smaller compared to the US bond market, compared Mm. to the other Asian bond markets like China, Korea, and Japan, what's unique here, right, is that a lot of these companies or these bonds, they typically tend not to be well covered by analysts. And that's something which for me as a contrary investor, I like it and I see that unique lens with it. And the reason why is because when it is not very well covered, it means that there are a lot of opportunities for mispricing to occur. So Mm. typically in the US, for example, the US bond market, you can have one bond uh, issuance. It can be at least, you know, um, a billion dollars worth of bonds issued at any point in time. But in Singapore, you you can see very small issuance sizes of Mm. say, $100 million, $50 million. And to a US investor, this is really peanuts. A lot of the global funds might not even want to consider because it's too small. But if you are an individual investor or if you own a small fund investing in slightly higher yielding bonds, for example, this makes it a very unique and interesting opportunity here. Because mm. that's where the Singapore dollar bond market can really offer that kind of premium, for example. Premium in a sense where you can offer a much higher yield because it is not as well covered compared to other markets because it's smaller. Um, And at the same time, a lot of these um, bonds in the Singapore dollar bond market are typically unrated, which further adds on to the point that um, there are a lot more opportunities, a lot of mispricing which would occur 
So this mispricing means that you can actually get a very good bang for your buck kind of right, value. Right, for money. Exactly. If you do your due diligence right. Right, right, right. Thanks for sharing. So those are the perks. Now I'm wondering what are the risks involved then? Mm. So with, with those opportunities, there's always those risks as well. And that's something which we have to pay extra careful, especially to a much smaller uh, market like the mm. Singapore dollar, dollar mm. bond market. So because it is not as well covered, which means that there could be a higher chance of, for example, corporate governance issue. Don't forget, you know, just to sidetrack that mm. in Asia or at least in Singapore, other than the government um, securities or the government bonds and also the financial institutions, a lot of the corporate bonds, for example, in Singapore are actually family-owned businesses, which also leaves a lot of room for corporate governance issues. For example, when I was a credit analyst a couple of years back, I remember at one point sitting in a meeting room with a very small company and mm. they have a bond which was about to refinance. Mm. And they came in talking about how well the company is doing and how well that they have many projects and they're looking to actually refinance and they have big projects in China mm. doing exhibition and all that. So they were really positive about it. But a couple of months later, that same company, which has a bond, bond issue outstanding, defaulted. <laughs> and the reason why was oh. because they didn't have enough cash, number one. And number two, whatever which was appeared on the balance sheet was actually a, a fictitious amount because they were burning more cash than it was in the balance sheet alone. Mm. And as a result, they couldn't refinance the bonds and they had to default. So you might actually come across some risk when you're investing in the local bond market. But having said that, um, other risks also, you know, because it's unrated, typically for the Singapore bond market, it's typically mm. unrated for smaller issues, mm. which means that um, you might not get in as, as much research or coverage oh. as you might like in that whole space itself. Mm. So that could be one big risk over there. Mm. And lastly, of course, um, the Singapore bond market is slightly smaller. So typically when you hold on to some of these bonds, you might not be able to trade that frequently. Right. So you have to hold it on to maturity. maturity. Mm, I see, I see. Okay, thank you for covering like the advantages and also the risk. So now I'm thinking, how can SGD bonds actually fit to an investor's portfolio? Mm, so that's a very good point here. Um, so for Singapore dollar bonds, right? having said that, income is always one crucial thing which I love about bonds because it once the coupon has been fixed at the start, you will know with certainty that you'll definitely get these coupons all the way until it matures. And the beauty of the Singapore dollar bond market is that a lot of the Singapore bonds tend to be much shorter in maturity. So unlike bonds which are in the US, for example, where you have to buy you know, five years, 10 years in order to get the good yield, in the Singapore bond market, you typically can get bonds which are yielding, which are maturing, say in one year mm. or even up to three years, which is very short. This gives a lot of certainty. Like let's say if you want to refinance, you have a very high certainty that the, the, the money can be repaid back to you, assuming that the company is good. Mm. So that's one, one very good thing about the having bonds in your portfolio. Another thing is that because uh, bonds typically are not uh, very sensitive to the market price fluctuation because mm. number one, um, there isn't a lot of bonds being traded. So you don't really have um, very deep uh, volatile prices in the Singapore bond market, which means that typically this sort of stabilizes the value of your portfolio. So as long as the bonds or the companies which you are investing in mm. have you know consistent revenue, consistent profits, and they are able, they have a very strong capability and willingness to pay back 
all these bonds, your principal and your coupons, then it fits very well into your portfolio. Right. Because you know that at the end of the day, how the prices move up or down for a bond, as long as you can get your principal back and you pay your coupon back, coupon. it doesn't matter what happens in between from now when the bond starts yep. being issued all the mm. way to the end. Correct. So this is very different from stocks, for example, right, because right. if you make a mistake, the share price can always be falling year after year. So mm. that's one big risk. So having that bond adds stability to the portfolio. Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, so for 2023 as a whole, MAS core inflation is expected to average 35 to 4.5%. So how can SGD bonds be an attractive asset class to help us keep up with inflation? Okay, that's a very, very good question because it's thinking about if inflation is roughly about 4, 4 plus percent, then does it still make sense to be buying bonds at a kind of U, right? But if you think about it, um, inflation sometimes is very difficult to forecast. But on the other hand, if you look at bonds, the beauty about the Singapore dollar, dollar bond market, as I've shared earlier, right, mm. is because a lot of them, they are very short in maturity, meaning that it matures only in a couple of years. Yep. So even if inflation continues to go up, every time when the company starts to refinance mm. themselves, they have to refinance at the much higher interest rate because right. as inflation goes up, it also means that central banks or the interest rate environment will also go up as well. So bonds might actually be bad if the maturity is very long, say 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Mm, mm, mm. So as inflation goes up, there's no way of increasing the yield because the coupon is fixed. However, if you buy bonds which are shorter in maturity, which matures you know, every few years, when as interest rates go up to beat the inflation, the bonds must also catch up. The bond yields must also catch up with this inflation. So I'm not too worried if, let's say, if I were a bond investor and inflation continues to go up, I will also know that if I refinance my bonds in the future, I can I can be sure that the yield will probably go up as well mm. in order to beat the inflation. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So it offers stability plus, you know, it revises itself on its own in, in a way. Mm. Right. Okay. So as the global growth outlook remains uncertain, so prospect for Singapore's GDP growth may dim a little bit. So considering this growth backdrop and also outlook, um, are we still optimistic about investing in SGD bonds? So that's, <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Like um, in terms of growth outlook, this is something which um, people always think about, right? On one hand, you have the top-down approach, meaning that you always look at the macro itself. But for me, um, looking at the Singapore dollar bond market, I think it's better to pay attention to the company itself. So going from a mm. bottom-up approach. Mm. And really the reason why, if you dig slightly deeper into the sectors as we have um, mentioned, mentioned earlier, mm. a lot of it is coming from government, um, government securities, financial institutions, property developers, um, REITs, for example. It used to be the oil and gas sector. Mm. But if you focus on these few couple of sectors, a lot of the businesses, they tend to do, still do well regardless of how the economy is doing, mm. which means that they are still able to grow according, you know, grow consistently in terms of their revenue, in terms of their profit. Um, they still are able to generate the operating cash flow, their free cash flow as well. And a lot of the companies, if you were to pay closer attention to, a lot of them, they have actually been around for a very long time. So they have been through the cycles of the economy. So whether the outlook is good or bad, I think what's important here is to be picking some of the companies or the businesses with a long-term track record. Mm. So this helps in looking at some of these bonds. So if you ask me about 
or being optimistic about the outlook of the economy, I would say is that I would flip that question around and I would look at it from a bottom-up approach and look mm. at the companies instead. Right, very good point. Um, okay, so if I'm not wrong, Singapore corporate bonds, they are yielding at about 4 plus percent on average. So what are your thoughts on the yield level and uh, any predictions on how <laughs> it might move? <laughs> you okay. have a ball <laughs> to see through. <laughs> okay, when it comes to predictions, right? So the thing about predictions is that a lot of experts, mm. economists, strategists, um, even analysts, they are always very good at forecasting or making predictions at the economy, at the bond market, at the yield. The thing is that they tend to be, at, they, they tend to be as apt to be wrong as to be right, right? The difference between them and individual investors like ourselves is that we don't have to make those predictions because at the end of the day, when we are looking at bonds, mm. we are looking at whether they can pay you back the, the coupons, coupons, the principles. So I like to always quote uh, Warren Buffett's mentor, Benjamin Graham, and he lived through the Great Depression in the 1930s. And he was a big, big proponent of bonds because bonds carry some safety element to it. And he did mention one very uh, memorable quote, which I'll never forget, that investing, even in bonds, as long as it gives you that safety of principle and an adequate of return, it, it, it makes it a very sound investment. Mm. So for bonds, it's also the same thing, right? While you have the predictions, while you have uh, Wall Street, we have the financial industry making all sorts of predictions, they might not be wrong. Um, they, are, they, they might be wrong. They might be right. We will never know. But what's important here is whether some of these bonds are backed by very strong assets high quality assets and whether these assets can continue to generate this cash flow over the next couple of years. And this allows the company to willingly pay back the bonds and ability to actually pay back these bonds. Mm -hmm. So while talking about predictions, I wouldn't know where this, you know, where the market or where the outlook is going mm. uh, next month or the next year. But what I do know is as long as I can pick a business or a company mm. where they, they, they have sustainable or predictable cash flow, they have very strong and sound financial position or very good balance sheet, then of course, I want to be investing in some of these bonds. And as long as they provide me with the adequate rate of return for myself, I mean, why not? Right. Similar to the bottom-up approach that you mentioned earlier. So, okay. Yeah. So now I feel very convinced like, okay, I need bonds. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the opportunities then in SGD bonds? Mm, mm. Um, <clears throat> So on one hand, you have your government securities, which mm. are the safest. For me, um, if I'm a more adventurous um, investor, right? maybe I'll just give you two different spectrums. Mm. Um, for the very safe conservative investors, you probably be want, wanting to be looking at the high-rated, high-quality bonds um, coming from your government corporations, for example. Uh, you want to be looking at your financial institutions, which issue bonds, even though they might have a slightly lower yield mm. or a slightly lower coupon, um, they do get compensated for the safetyness or for the comfort level of this bond issuance because the probability of them defaulting, for example, the probability of our Singapore government defaulting is almost close to zero. Yes. So that's something which I seek you know, huge comfort with. Yeah. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, where you are more exciting, you know, you want to be, you want to go for something more adventurous. Mm. I would be looking at the corporate bonds or the unrated corporate bonds. Mm. If I know how to do my do my due diligence right, that means being able to sieve out some of the slightly smaller companies where analysts probably wouldn't want to touch touch them with an eight foot pole mm. because they're too small. Mm. No funds would buy them. 
That's where I want to focus my attention on because number one, since no analysts or no big funds are willing to put their money, the yield which they have to be paying is slightly higher. It has to be much higher, right? Which means that there is actually a much better risk to reward for this kind of smaller bonds. So mm-hmm. they might be unrated, which means that we have to do our due diligence right. right, right. But when we are able to find these bonds, find these companies, I think the compensation for the risk which you are taking is offers a very attractive opportunity here. Mm, understand. Okay, so it appears that the SGD bond demand is actually growing. So the amount for SGD bond insurances, I believe, has risen from 459 billion in 2020 to 670 billion as of uh, March 2023. I did my homework. <laughs> so it's about a 46% increase. <laughs> so, but it seems like I'm not very sure if the Singapore corporate bond issuance is actually keeping up with this growing demand because um, the market only saw about 400 million of new issues in June. I think it was actually a drop from the 800 plus million issued in May. And recently, I also don't recall we see like much new issuances lately. So I'm wondering if there's any, there are any insights that you could possibly share with us. Well, I think it's all revealed in the newspapers, right? <laughs> because everyone is all expecting a recession. Mm. And the expectation of a recession, a global recession, sort of scared off a lot of companies. Mm. And if if you see companies which tend to borrow money are uh, actually in a position to either refinance or they might want to expand themselves to grow. And if let's say if they are expect, expecting a recession, chances are they would probably want to scale back. And especially for Asian companies, Asian-focused companies, they tend to be more conservative in terms of their strategy because they're very different from maybe the more aggressive kinds of companies in the US, which means that when they're hearing about recessions, they might be cutting back on forecasts, they might be cutting back about manufacturing, they might be cutting back about demands. So they might not produce as much goods and services, means that they they might not need as much capital, which means that they might be scaling back Mm. on borrowing more money in order to grow. So that's right. one, right? The second thing is also because of interest rates. Now, people are also expecting that interest rates might stay slightly higher for longer here. At the same time, also at some point, it might sort of trickle down or start to drop. So companies, again, they are waiting, okay, to see whether interest rates might fall. And the moment it falls, they would probably take advantage of the expected lower interest rates. And thus, they might wait till then to issue new bonds again. Mm. So I guess that's probably the reason why um, many of these companies, they might actually hold back in terms of the issuances. Mm. And that's why you also see uh, sort of a drying up of the bond market issuances. I see. All right. Last but not least, very fast, we have approached like the ending of this podcast. (laughs) That was a very nice chat, but okay. A quick summary and also maybe could you give us a wrap up on the outlook for the SGD bond space? Okay. So the Singapore dollar bond market, I think it's a relatively small market. But I think what's very different and what's unique is because it's denominated in the Singapore dollar currency, which is very different from the other Asian currencies. Because Singapore dollar has always been strengthening or has always been very stable Mm. versus other Asian currencies and especially versus the US dollar, which means that unlike investing in other local currency bonds where you're exposed to currency risk, Investing in the Singapore dollar bond market, you generally don't have that kind of currency risk because the Singapore dollar is pretty strong. Mm. So that's one very strong point about our local bond market mm. here. The, the thing which we have to actually watch out for is because of the size of the market, which is relatively smaller, and the amount of coverage which it has means that there are actually pitfalls, traps, um, risk 
which we might actually have to take note, which means we have to pay extra um, attention to doing our due diligence. Having said that, I think the, op the opportunities is great if we know how to do our, do our due diligence right, meaning knowing how to pick up good companies, high quality companies which are under the radar um, and also offer an attractive view. So for me, I personally think that bonds do actually take up a very good complement to our portfolio, whether if we are investing in stocks, whether if we are investing in funds, because that adds an extra layer of stability for our portfolio. Judging the size of the market itself, and of course, it, it is not as volatile as, say, for example, looking into the stock market. Mm, understand. All right, thank you so much for coming on board and uh, sharing with us about all the good tips and also more on the SGD bond space. So thank you very much. And this episode was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Feng Yi and our guest speaker with us today is Willie King. Follow Bond Supermart on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.